Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say it's a happy week in America for happy hour. Why? Why? Proud boys convicted of seditious conspiracy bitches. Fuck yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump freaking out in general. Noel Kassler joins us for happy hour. There's no one better than Noel to talk shit about Donald Trump. He knows exactly. everything ever since The Apprentice. He knows where the diapers are buried. And then Victor Shee, the official stem cell of the Stephanie Miller show. Yep. They, our children are, the children are the future, and yeah. he will save us. Gen Z. They're coming for these motherfuckers. I'm telling you what. Fuck yeah. Get your face up in happy hour. Well, you know I'm a healthy eater and eating better is easy with Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today. Get after your goals. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes, smoothies. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast midday bites and more there's no prep no mess meals factor meals are ready to heat and eat no prepping cooking or cleanup is needed flexible for your schedule get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required head on over to factormeals.com liberal 50 and use that code liberal 50 to get 50 percent off once again the code liberal 50 at factormeals.com liberal 50 for 50 percent off there's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Author of American Carnage, Shattering the Mist, The Fuel Gun Violence, joins us now. And I'm going to echo Nicole Wallace and say, you never not make me cry. Good morning, Fred Gutenberg. 
Good morning. Hello, my friend. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I always say it from the moment you came up and introduced yourself to me at Politicon. I just said it's your eyes. They're just so uh, beautiful and soulful. But it's just yeah, I you I always see the pain still there, and and I just that's the other reason I salute your courage to just keep going through this every time there's a new tragedy. You just keep fighting the good fight, and you know I love the way you put it. You said the worst things already happened to me that could happen to someone in life. Like you can, you yeah, can't yeah. hurt me with your name calling or whatever. Right. Yeah. Listen, um, I will forever live with the reality. That I visit my daughter at a cemetery mm-hmm. and with the reality of having watched the video that caused it to happen. You can't hurt me more than that. You know? So to all the, Folks who think, oh, I'm going to send them a stupid message on Twitter or a nasty message or I'm going to send them a nasty email. Get over yourself. You you, you kind of amuse me, You, I, I but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm on my mission. You're not going to change it. Um, your nastiness only reinforces why I won't stop. Yeah. I mean, Fred, they just caught the uh, suspect in Texas, as you probably know, yeah. this morning. Yeah. And- it's just, but here we go with this same exhausting, like, you know, of course the right wing seized on that he was here illegally. And, you know, the governor of Texas was despicable enough to refer to the victims as illegals instead of humans yeah, yeah. the day it happened. So, you know, they always tell us it's too soon to talk about talk politics when a, a gun tragedy happens, right? And, and here we are again. Well, when you say they often tell us it's too soon, the they that you're talking about are the liars that we need to take on. And in that group of they is Greg Abbott. He is a liar. Mm -hmm. Um, And what he did this week by focusing on immigration status um, really highlights how how much um, he lacked any decency, humanity at all, but that's fine. We know he's a liar. You know the one thing he didn't do this week? Because if immigration status actually did matter to him as anything more than a political stunt, he would have asked the question, how in the world did that guy get the AR-15? But he never asked that question. He never brought it up because that would point the finger back at him and policies that he has fought to put in place in Texas. Greg Abbott, you are responsible for what happened in Texas this week. It's that simple. Yeah. They don't, I mean, as we were saying, they, they don't want any restrictions. They, they don't care if you're on the terrorist watch list, you're here illegally. That's their whole, you know, the NRA's whole uh, uh, seasoned reason for being, it seems, is to make sure anybody at any time can get a gun, no matter what your grievance is. The NRA... Uh, brought us to the place where we are today but they're not the entity that keeps us here now it is the legacy of the nra are those who now serve in office like greg abbott who do this on their own and so i don't i want to hold them directly accountable listen america in its history has not always been this way this whole notion that we are a country flowing with guns without any regard for safety is is a load of you know what yeah it started in the late 70s when the nra changed direction they started pushing all, all of their bs through the 80s and the 90s 
and they started actually passing laws just over 20 years ago. It's not a long time ago. that really chipped away at our freedoms and our rights to be safe. And, and, I, and, and I want to kind of put this in the context of just 20 years because Jamie would be 20 in July. That's how old my daughter would be if she were still alive today. 20 years ago in 2003, there were 200 million weapons in America. Now, there are over 400 million weapons, plus we have ghost guns. And in 2003, AR-15s were fewer than 2% of all guns sold. Now they're 25% of all guns sold. That is the reason we have a gun violence problem in America. It hasn't been a really long time in our country's history. But they, the liars, and the politicians beholden to the lobby that pushed this, they told us arming America would make us safer. It didn't. They It was the ultimate con. And we are now dealing with the reality that if you ring the wrong doorbell, you could get shot. If you pull into the wrong driveway, you could get shot. They failed. And it's time to stop listening to the liars focus on those who want to stop the next one. Fred, one of the statistics in your book, boy, and I think I marinate in this stuff, and one of the statistics I was most struck by in your book, and again, that I think people don't know, is that 70% of Americans don't own a gun. So, you know, well, I mean, there are, there are a, a minority of Americans that are stockpile, stockpiling weapons, obviously, at a rate that is, you know, as you say, sort of unprecedented. And I, I just think politically, you're right, we cannot be held hostage, sometimes literally, <laughs> by this t minority. And I think we're seeing, you're seeing, it was a Fox News poll, right? The 80% this, 80-something percent that believe in the same kind of sensible gun safety reform that you and I do. There, there, there has got to be, I mean, the one thing I was struck by is your optimism in the interviews I've seen you do, but I do feel like we're getting to some sort of tipping point. Do you? I do. Listen, when Fox News can't run away from the reality of, of that poll, you know something changed. And I, I, I'll say a couple of things. You know, the country sadly started to become a little bit numb to some of the mass shootings. Yeah. You know, they'd come and go so often that we became numb to it. Ah, boy, last week with the accidental shootings of just innocent people in the wrong place at the wrong time really struck a, a nerve with this country. And it, it I, America... Americans across the country all of a sudden start to realize putting guns in all the hands of all these people, it didn't work. And the truth is, they're ending up in the hands of a minority of this population who are not being responsible with them. And then they are too easily acquired by those who intend harm or in the case of these accidental shootings, in the homes of people who had them legally, but really, you know, weren't responsible. Yeah. And and with deadly consequences. We don't have to live with that anymore. It is time. Stephanie, I'll say this, and then I'll stop blabbing. <laughs> America, you can fix this by voting. Stop searching for a perfect candidate. Stop waiting to fall in love with the candidate. If you know it's a candidate that supports reducing gun violence, 
you better vote for them. And likely that same candidate supports a woman's right to choose, doing make protecting the democracy, protecting the right to vote. Stop worrying about falling in love. You vote on those issues, but you vote. Yeah. I speak for many Americans when I say don't ever stop blabbing. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, I thought of you in particular in that who can remember which shooting, unfortunately, right? But I think it's the Nashville one, the parents of the shooter. Yeah. I, you know, I was struck because obviously you don't think about the parents on the other side often, but they they, they said something to the effect, I'm sure you heard them, but we're not political, they but, did. you know, a red flag wall or waiting period would have might have stopped our son from getting a gun. They obviously didn't know he had one, knew he had mental health problems. We we're trying to help him. But that's it right there, isn't it? A red flag law, a waiting period, a number of things might have prevented that particular tragedy. My heart broke for those parents. They, they're, you know, they're not responsible for this, but they lived in a state that prevented the, the law enforcement and others from having the tools to do something to ensure it doesn't happen. And, um, you know, in Florida, right after Parkland, we did pass red flag laws. They've been used, I don't know, 7,000, 8,000 times, just five years. It has stopped a lot of shootings. And so when I hear the liars, people like Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee, who used to say absolutely no red flag laws or you know, front to the Second Amendment, and wouldn't even take the money from the Safer Communities Act to implement a program like a red flag law, but who all of a sudden changed his tune after the school shooting because he and his wife mm -hmm. were friends with one of the adults killed in that shooting. They were personally touched. And he now wants to do something about gun violence in Tennessee. And he's now talking about a red flag law in Tennessee. The liars, we need to stop listening to them. A red flag law saves lives. It's not an affront to anybody's rights. No legal lawful gun owner in any state that's implemented a red flag law ever thinks about it because it doesn't affect them unless it needs to affect them for the safety of themselves and yeah. others. It's that simple. Yeah. And speaking of Tennessee, I'm sure you must be as heartened and inspired by the Justins and Malcolm Frost. And uh, as you I've heard you say on TV that you think Jamie would be out there on the front line with the Parkland kids and the March for Our Lives and all of these. I mean, they're that they're what gives me hope that they they this generation that we have put through shooter drills and massacres yeah. of their friends are, are not going to stand for this. They're not. And, and the two Justins. They're just incredible, incredible human beings. I, I, I'm proud to, I've met one of them, um, and and I'll go march with both of them if they want me to. Um, they're fighting for their lives. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're fighting to stop the next one, and I'll always stand with anyone fighting to stop the next one, and anyone listening to this program. I, I'll just say this. Focus on the motivation of the of those who talk on this issue. There are those like me, like the Justins, and like so many others in this country whose motivation is to stop the next one. Then there are those who oppose us. Their motivation is to sell the next weapon. Yeah. Okay? And so choose those with the motivation to stop the next one. 
to save a life because it could be someone you love and stand with us. I think that's one of the biggest factors that's helping us, don't you, Fred, is that we have kind of, particularly with all these random shootings you just mentioned, we've kind of lost that, oh, it can't happen to me thing. I think most people think it could happen to any of us. It has happened everywhere. And it, it, it's, I, I believe at some point someone said, like, it's going to be all of us at some point. It's going to be, we're all going to know somebody, you know, it, it, with the level of violence that we're experiencing. You know, after Sandy Hook, Wayne LaPierre of the NRA said for the very first time, it was within the week of Sandy, the Sandy Hook shootings, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Uh, it They took Sandy Hook and made it into a gun sales bonanza. And, and I tell you this because it was really um, a moonshot to the, the numbers of guns that were being sold in this country. Arming more people and and giving more people the belief that if you feel, you know, stand your ground laws um, in any way um, threatened, you know, just shoot, you know. Yeah. Um, having having this level of, of potential violence because of the increase in the numbers of weapons, again, doubled in 20 years. It isn't making us safer. And I really do think in the past 10 days with those shootings in the driveway and doorbell, I think America realized we can't just, we can't throw our teachers in schools to solve the reality of this gun violence that is spread out all over the place. And I think America realized we, we, we have to, change direction on and, this and by the way there, that's what there was there armed armed guards in a lot of these schools yeah. including yeah. parkland right sure. well so there, there were and and listen um there's there's a difference between armed guards in schools and armed teachers mm-hmm. and and you know guardian programs that put you know armed law enforcement you'll never get me to say i have an, an issue with that because i i feel like that's unfortunately where we're at yeah but that's law enforcement the idea of arming teachers I completely am opposed to. That's just an effort to add, to sell more guns, actually. Mm -hmm, It won't solve gun violence in schools. It will actually guarantee more of it because you're going to put more guns in schools. There will be more gun violence. There's no question about that. But, you you know, going back to the earlier thing on hope, because I do believe America gets it, um, and I think America wants to know more yeah listen our book american carnage okay it's number 34 in the country right now okay and i and i don't say that to brag i i honestly am shocked but that to me says america wants more information and they want to put a stop to this and so the next step is get beyond getting informed you better show up and vote in 24 there, there, there is no sitting home. Look, in, in my state, Florida, Ron DeSantis didn't win because Floridians love Ron DeSantis. It's because his base got out and voted and the Democrats didn't. Yep. That's why Ron DeSantis won. No sitting home in 24. Yep. Don't worry about falling in love, but vote. Yep. I mean, Fred, I got to say, I'm just reading your statistics. 40,000 each year die as a result of gun violence. All of the stuff that you're, the statistics you put out there, the fight you fight every day, Fred, I think is, 
it really is helping because I think day by day there are more and more of us that are like, this is not the America we want to raise our kids in, where there's bleed centers instead of gun safety yeah. legislation, where there's, you know, uh, I, I don't know, bulletproof whiteboards, where there's, you know, little girls don't want yeah, lighted, lighted sneakers because they're schools. afraid shooters might see them. That's not the America we, we the no. majority of us want to live in. No, it, it's not. And when you see, again, the liars like Greg Abbott, um, the state of Texas, instead of dealing with this issue, sending home DNA test kits to parents for the next inevitable school shooting there, um, that tells you we are so far off course that we don't have to stay there. We, We can fix this. American Carnage, Shattering the Myths that Fuel Gun Violence is the book. Fred Gutenberg is the man. Please come back. You said you're coming to L.A. You're coming in studio. You're sitting right there. I'm going to sit with you, Stephanie. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. All right. We will coordinate that. <laughs> I almost made it through this without crying. Aww. All right. Love you. <laughs> I'll see you soon out Thanks, here. Fred. All right. Take care. Okay. Fred. Bye-bye. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. official stem cell of the stephanie miller show victor she who i quote all the time i love that title the official stem cell. <laughs> host of the igen politics podcast with our friend joe weinbakes hi victor hi steph so great to see you good so good to see you too i have to say i had fred gutenberg on yesterday and you know he's uh, shares my optimism and it's mostly because of people like you and the justins and uh, maxwell frost and the, the you know the uh, kids that are just saying we are not going to live like this anymore. We are not going to be traumatized by active shooter gr- drills and massacres every other gun massacres every other day. H- how are you feeling about that issue? Since here we are again. Well, I totally agree with you. I, I wish it were just me or, or Maxwell Frost or the Justins, but the reality is that it's a nationwide movement of young people who are making their voices heard, who are demanding action. I mean. Like you said, it's like every single day there's a new mass shooting. And for this generation that had to grow up with um, mass shooter drills, it's just so tiring. And then to see our elected officials after every mass shooting come out and say they are giving us their thoughts and prayers, but do nothing to actually solve the issue. It's just so extremely frustrating. I think that's why you're seeing so many young people across the country, not just register to vote, but also actually vote. And you saw that in Wisconsin, you saw that in 2022. And I think with 2024 approaching, a lot of people are just so kind of fed up with this Republican party that is doing nothing. And you're seeing 
people on the streets, but across the nation, you're seeing young people just kind of kind of sick and tired of what's happening right now. And it's just for anyone who cares about their safety, their well-being, their livelihoods, the Republican Party is not doing anything to address that with uh, gun reform. And it's just shameful. And um, I think you're going to see that response um, in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. You tweeted, mark my words, Gen Z is watching. Gen Z is paying attention. Gen Z will make Republicans in Tennessee and across the nation pay for messing around with our lives in 2024. Um, you know, and it's also, I feel like, you know, you've been tweeting a lot about that. Whatever it's the punditry or, I, you know, saying, oh, people, Democrats are concerned, Biden's too old, this or that. Interestingly, younger people like you are the ones that don't seem that concerned and are, you know, all in with, with Biden-Harris, right? So I, I think there's definitely it's, it's such an interesting kind of issue to talk about, because I think for some young people, I think that the age and, and kind of how old he is, is kind of does turn some people off. But at the end of the day, if you ask people what they actually care about and, and kind of, you know, who else they would vote for, they can't tell you. So the alternative, just like. President Biden often says, you know, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And young people realize that, I think, more than most generations, which is, okay, he might be old, he might be 80 years old, but at the end of the day, he has actually delivered on the issues that we care about. You think of the Inflation Reduction Act with climate change, the um, Bipartisan Safer Communities Act actually taking a step forward in the right direction of gun reform, eliminating student loan debt, um, expunging people uh, on the federal level with marijuana um, convictions. I mean, those are all things that young people see clearly. And so while age might be a factor, the the bigger factor is all of the accomplishments that President Biden has done for our lives and also the threat that Donald Trump poses. And so I think, you know, for, for all of the media talking about the age, I just implore them, just look at the accomplishments, look at what this president has done. And I think young people can feel that directly in our lives because we see kind of all the issues and we see President Biden actually engaging with us and listening to us and delivering on the issues that we care about. On behalf of old people everywhere, I'm sorry we failed you. Yeah. Thank you for yes. saving sorry. us. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you tweeted, Gen Z is growing in political party and Gen Z will turn out and save democracy in 2024. That's why 36 Democratic members of Congress just signed on to a new pledge promising to engage and mobilize Gen Z ahead of the 24 election. Not one Republican signed the pledge. I mean, that's, you know, I keep saying this like, oh, you know, not to be partisan. It's just even David Jolly, former Republican, just said, if you want to do anything about gun violence, you've got to stop voting for Republicans. I mean, you know, we just have to acknowledge the times we live in, that it just we, we are not going to get help from any Republicans on pretty much any issue we care about. Absolutely. And and, and that um, pledge that you mentioned, so I'm with a group called Voters of Tomorrow. And so we sent out um, this pledge that basically says that ahead of 2024, um, candidates will uh, engage, educate, mobilize Gen Zers um, in their campaigns before the election. And so we sent it out to every single House member, so all 435, and not a single Republican responded. And it just kind of shows you, I mean, you know, Repu- in, yeah. in this kind of moment, in this political moment. Um, We need young people more than ever before to turn out and vote. This is a generation that's more diverse, that has, like I said, more political power in 2024, will be the largest generation of kind of any voting demographic. And so you need to engage Gen Zers in order to vote. And so you have 36 members of Congress, all of whom Democrats that responded and said, we will commit to turning out young voters and engaging them on college campuses, um, bring them into our campaigns, just whatever it takes to make sure that they reach young people. But for Republicans, and I think this is kind of why you see what's happening across the country, 
their natural response isn't to engage with young people. It's to silence young people. It's to do what they did in Tennessee, to uh, suppress the Justins, to ban college drop boxes like they're trying to do in Texas, to uh, make it harder for young people to vote by requiring more IDs. I mean, this is the natural response to this kind of changing demographic. And I think it's really kind of clear and telling from just the strategy from both sides and and what they're trying to do to either expand or suppress our vote. And I think that says a lot about the difference between the two parties and at the end yeah. of the day, I think that's telling for young people when they go to the ballot box, they think of, okay, who's actually trying to reach me? Who's actually trying to engage with my vote? And it's overwhelmingly the Democratic Party now. Mm-hmm. I am a member of uh, a group called Old Hack Voters of yesterday who have everything <laughs> up. And I thank you for your work. Um, you, But, you know, you've also raised a good point about uh, gerrymandering. You just said, worth remembering, Ted Cruz won his Senate race by only 2.6 percent. Yeah. Um, and that he was that he before that's before he fled the state during an emergency. He before he voted to overturn mm-hmm. the results of the 2020 election. Don't count uh, Colin Allred out. Right. Colin Allred can flip Texas to blue. And I saw his ad. I have to agree with yes. you. Yes. I mean, Colin Elred, I, I'm so excited for that race. I can't even begin to to, to say. I mean, he's mm-hmm. such a great candidate as someone who is a former football player, yep. former civil rights lawyer. I mean, this is someone who really knows his stuff, and he's not afraid to hold back any punches when it comes to Ted Cruz. So I'm excited for that. Um, but I think when we talk about Texas, and so many people get this wrong, and my friend Olivia Juliana is down in Texas, and she always says this, but Texas isn't a red state. It's just a really gerrymandered yeah. purple state. Yeah. Yes. You have a lot of kind of the areas of Texas. I mean, you think of Dallas, you think of Austin, you think of all these blue areas. I mean, the, the numbers, I think, are on our side. But what Texas has done is they've so gerrymandered the districts where they make it so hard to vote. And just the other day, the Senate passed this bill that would allow the Secretary of State to basically invalidate uh-huh. the election results of the biggest yeah. Democratic county, Harris County. And so, I mean, we're Houston. seeing what's happening in real time. And so yeah. uh, when we talk about Texas, we can't say that it's just a red state because that just allows Republicans to... Um, you know, we take advantage of it and we basically can them a victory, but we have to fight for Texas. We have to turn out as many voters as we can go to, you know, the, the urban areas, but also go to the more rural and suburban areas, really do what Beto O'Rourke did, I think, really well in, in 2022, which is just go to as many places as you can, reach people, meet people where they are. And I think Colin Alred is kind of has the perfect message um, heading into 2024. And with Ted Cruz now, I mean, since 2018, I just hope that as many Texans as possible have woken up to the reality that Ted Cruz first just doesn't everyone but also doesn't care about his constituents i mean leaving the the state during this national emergency i mean what what was that i mean it's so yeah i I hope that um enough texans wake up to that but i i I do think um you know it's going to be hard but i I think colin alred is the perfect person for the for the position i can't think of anyone better i don't mean to oversimplify but you know football texas just i've seen friday night lights i mean yeah okay (laughs) he's also (laughs) fantastic on other uh, in other ways but um but you know here's the thing i'm always concerned about victor and it sounds like you are too is the mainstream media you just tweeted Mm -hmm. wtf cnn just announced it will host donald trump for a live town hall in new hampshire cnn is giving donald trump a free and national platform to spew lies they've learned absolutely nothing they're exactly why our media is failing us and our democracy i mean the minute we normalize this like just another race I, 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 when he is, I don't even know where we're going to be legally with him. I mean, obviously the, the yeah. seditious conspiracy uh, convictions just came down today. That yes. leads directly to Donald Trump. I mean, I, I feel like I'm living in a, I'm taking crazy pills some days when I'm like, I, this doesn't happen anywhere else where someone leads a coup and tries to overthrow the government and gets to run again. Right. I mean, I, I can't imagine 
a world 10 years ago, 20 years ago, where the media would be okay platform, giving a national platform to a twice impeached, now indicted Mm -hmm. former president of the United States who's running for office. I mean, it's just so beyond the pale. But I mean, I think when you take a step back and think about media companies and what they care about, and we saw this um, just a couple of weeks ago with 60 Minutes and Leslie Stahl interviewing Mm -hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene out of all people, is that I think I mean, for the, for media companies, they care more about their ratings. They care more about their bottom line. They care about their audience. They want to do these this, this both sidesism, you know, thing where they try to give both sides a platform. But this is kind of exactly like I said, the problem with the media now. I mean, all they care about is their bottom line. All they care about is money and the, and the audience that they will generate. But for so many people, they're I think just so sick of seeing this and. For the media to nationalize and give people like Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene a national platform without any real-time fact-checking is, I think, really dangerous. And um, I'm not saying, you know, you don't play clips of Donald Trump's rallies on, um, you know, during the day, but I I think you have to do it with fact-checking. You have to do it with the proper kind of framing, and you can't normalize what they're trying to do because once you do, you're basically giving permission for that side to spew lies and and do anti-democracy stuff. And so for the media, I think they have to take a hard look at what actually matters. If they care about democracy, if they care about the truth and facts, Platforming Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene and these extreme Republicans makes no sense. Yeah. And it's just such a crazy um, business model. It just normalizes, like like we said before, lies and conspiracy theories and, and people who are just against the very idea of democracy. And to your point, Victor, it's almost impossible to fact check him in real time because yeah. he lies yeah. at such a velocity and pace yes. and almost everything he says is a lie that it, it's you know you're right it's well here's the good news you seem hopeful on on the justice front you said uh, jack smith was present in the room when white mike smith yeah, testified in yeah. front of the grand jury for hours according to brand new reporting jack smith is charging full steam ahead and no one will stop him you said just imagine jack smith sitting in the courtroom in which you testify imagine his yeah. eyes intently focused on every word that comes out of your mouth and using it to build a case against the former president jack smith knows exactly what he's doing and wants and now we wait um i I am hopeful there will be some some more justice let's just say but you're right to to get in your mind that the former president is presently on trial for rape while we wait (laughs) on you know his stealing of classified documents and obstruction of justice and on and on and on is kind of astounding isn't it yeah I, I, I am hopeful, and it seems like Jack Smith, I mean, remember, this was someone who prosecuted war, war criminals. Uh, he was a war crimes prosecutor, I and mean, he, he, he has dealt with people more than Trump, and so uh, more dangerous than Trump. So I, I think for Jack Smith, this is someone who time and time again, we see Mike Pence trying to fight Jack Smith. We see Donald Trump trying to fight Jack Smith, but at the end of the day, he got what he wanted, which is he got to hear from Mike Pence. He was in the room, and I just... Like with that tweet, I just can't imagine being in the same room as Jack Smith and his eyes just like laser focused (laughs) on every word that I'm saying. It's actually sort of terrifying to me, but um, I I think that was just such a remarkable thing to know that Jack Smith was was in the room. And like you said, I mean, there's so many other investigations into Trump. I mean, you have Letitia James in New York, you have Eugene Carroll, you have Georgia, you have the Mar-a-Lago case, January 6th. I mean, on all these fronts, it seems like you know, Donald Trump is—they're—they're they're reaching the tip of the the iceberg in terms of yeah. um, holding Trump accountable, and I, I just hope that more justice is going to come. It, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems like every kind of legal expert I've talked to seems like there will be at least uh, a couple more indictments and charges against the former president. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's like that's well, all good news, but at the end of the day, I really hope that the Republican Party rec- wakes up to this and, and realizes that this is our nominee. This is someone who 
has broken the law. This is someone who was indicted not just once, but multiple times. Yeah. And um, we have to be better than this as a party. And and that's my biggest hope. But I'm fearful that this Republican Party, kind of what Trump has unleashed, Trumpism will go far beyond what yep. happens to Trump. Yep. Well, I thank you, as always, for your hard work, for your optimism. Uh, you are the official stem cell, as you know, the Stephanie yeah. Miller Show, which is a joke. <laughs> that's going to be my new title. No, because you're in college. So you're, uh, what, seven? I, I don't really. Grad- I, I didn't graduate. <laughs> I didn't have kids, so I don't know. Did How you, old did are you? Did you graduate? No, not yet. I'm graduating next next June. Okay, got it. From UCLA, yes. my my you know <laughs> my sworn enemy as uh-huh. a USC grad. And oh yet, no, the Bruins are great. That's where my mama went. <laughs> oh oh, fight on for old SC. <laughs> <laughs> Bruins, Bruins. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. We'll see you again real Thank soon. Thank you so much. All right, Thanks, Thanks, there he goes.